You are now tuned into I Have Something to Talk About with your host, Jeff. Let's talk. Hello and welcome to another edition of I Have Something to Say with your host, Jeff. Last week I was pretty busy, had a really busy schedule, and so I wasn't able to record a session. So I said I would wait till this week to do this. Um, before I get started, I want to talk about a journey that I've been taking uh, for the last several weeks. And I've talked about health in the first couple of episodes of this show. And one of the things that I started doing was I started walking every morning, as suggested by my doctor. One of the things that's recommended is at least 20 minutes a day. And I thought to myself, 20 minutes is not enough. All right, let me do, let me try 30. So I started out uh, probably about three, four weeks ago. I started out, my goal was to walk for 30 minutes Monday through Friday. I work weekends, 12 hours a day, so it's hard to keep that same routine. So at least if I could do Monday through Friday, that would be good for me. And I I didn't want to walk in the neighborhood because you have the streets, you have the the sidewalks, you have people driving, and, and I don't want to have to walk out, walk off the, I don't have to, I don't want to have to interrupt my walk. So I wanted to find a trail, which I did find like, maybe 15 minutes from my house. And um, what I did was I started doing 30 minutes and I realized that that, I think that cleared about a mile and a half, close to two miles. And and my goal was to do that Monday through Friday. I wasn't consistent with it because there were days where I didn't feel like getting up and actually going to the park. And then I had things going on at home so it was it was a balancing act. In my third week, I decided to increase my walk to an hour. And I wanted to I wanted to do three miles. And so I noticed that Monday I got seven laps in. And that happened to be three a little bit over three miles. Tuesday I did it, Wednesday I did it, Thursday I did it, and Friday I did it. And I said, wow. And I would look at it and say 3.44. And I was like, if I can do that, then I can do five miles. So yesterday, which was Monday, got up early in the morning, got my detox, which is my water, apple cider vinegar, and lime. And I, I drank that. And then I had a cup of coffee uh, with, with sweetener. I don't use sugar because sugar will cause me to crash if I use too much. So I use sweetener. And I went to the park and I found myself walking and walking and I got to 11 laps and that was over five miles. And I said, well, I'm, I haven't walked like this in years. So I said, that would be my goal to keep this up every day. Well, this morning I got up, did my normal routine and got to the park. And I just realized I went to the store and I forgot to get some apple cider vinegar. That's another story. But went to the park. And it was dark. I wanted to start at 6 in the morning so I could finish somewhere around 7.30. And it was dark and it was foggy. So I got out of my car. And I always keep my umbrella with me just in case it starts raining while I'm walking. And so I, I, I go walking. And about midway through my first lap, 
I notice bats are coming extremely close to me, so I got to swing my umbrella to get them the hell away from me. And so I cut across the field, and I go to my car and say, you know what, let me just pause until the sun rises. About 15 minutes, it starts to get day. It starts to get a little bright. The sun starts to rise. So I get out, and I say, let me start over. Even though I did, did not want to start over, I was pissed that something interrupted my walk, but that's life. You set yourself out on a goal, and as you are getting good at trying to accomplish this goal and you're staying on, on task, and your your routine is, is where it needs to be, it's always something that throws you off. But you can't be discouraged and quit. You have to take a step back, refocus, and go back out there, which is what I did. And so I started over, and I was doing well. I was approaching my fifth lap. And as I got around the corner through the corner through the corner of my eye, I saw a huge deer standing there. And for a second, I thought it was just a statue. And I looked at the deer. I'm like, I can't. I, I got to go. So the deer took off running, and I went on to my car. I said, I, I got to go. I got to either. I got to find another place to walk because I can't deal with these interruptions. So I had to find another place to walk. Because I don't want to get off track with what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to walk five miles a day so that when I get used to walking five miles a day, I can start jogging. And maybe I could jog a mile a day. And then maybe I can get to two miles and then three and four and then five. And that's what I'm trying to do. Because I want to be in shape by 2021. Which segues into what this segment is about. This segment is about 2020 in review. And I want to talk about what was supposed to be versus what is. And the funny thing about life is you plan on doing something, but then reality sets in and, and what's supposed to happen actually happens. And so last year, things are starting to get really good in my life. Not that they haven't been good for a long time because they actually have been. I haven't had any... uh I haven't had many setbacks in, in, in life in the last five or so years. But last year, I had all these plans. I'm like, I'm, 2020 is coming in. This is the year I'm going to get myself in shape. I'm going to be able to buy the clothes that I like. I'm going to be able to shop how I like. I'm going to take trips. I'm going to travel. Go and see Jenna Jackson. She's having you know her tour going on. And you know, I'm going to um, release music. I'm going to finish you know finish my album because. I'm actually work I was actually working on an album and it became an EP this year due to a lot of mishaps with the engineer I was working with and not getting my music out to me as quickly as I needed to that to happen. So I had all these plans and the year started out it was nice. It started out really nice. Moved into a bigger house. The house is twice the size as the house I came from. Moved into a bigger house, a different city, and uh, it was it was nice. It's like a you know, it's like watching a trailer for a movie, or or actually watching a movie, and you see that the sky is bright, it's bright as sunny. You may see people skate skating or walking on the boardwalk. You may see the waves crashing, birds uh, flying, and things like that. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets shot in the head out of nowhere. That's what this year was like. It started with the death of Kobe Bryant 
and his daughter Gigi in a helicopter crash in January. And they had some friends of the family with them. It started with that. And that was like, that made me feel some type of way. I, I usually don't, um, I usually don't feel something for, you know, people that I don't know who, who has passed. But I recall, I remember Kobe coming into the league in, in 1996, I believe. And uh, he and I are around the same age. And so I was a huge Lakers fan back in the days of Magic Johnson and James Worthy. And um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. <laughs> what is his name? It, it, I, I, my mind's a blank. But back in the 80s, I'll say, I was a huge fan. And when Magic Johnson announced his retirement in, in the early 90s due to uh, having HIV, I was young and I didn't quite understand. But what I realized was that I didn't want to watch basketball anymore. My One of my favorite players was leaving. And I felt at an early, early point in his career, it was leaving. And so Kobe came along and restored my um, passion for the Lakers again. Like them or love them. You know, whether you like them or you love them back then, he was a force to be reckoned with. And he grew within the league. He grew as a man. He grew as a father. He grew as a husband. And he had, like other people, had some mishaps in his life. And at the second chapter of his life, because the second chapter of his life, he was doing well. He won an Academy Award. He was he was on to something else. He had, you know, accomplished basketball and, and he did everything he could do for the, the sport of basketball and that was it for him. And and he was able to move on to do something else. And so he was trying to conquer something new. And then this happens. And it bothered me for a long time. Because I felt like I grew up with him. I felt like I knew him. And so that, that truly bothered me to have somebody that young, 40. Uh, he was either 40 or 41 at the time. Married, you know, to his wife of, I believe, 20 years or so. And he had four daughters. Just had a newborn who won't know who he is. And, you know, the, the mother is left to raise the three girls by herself. But she's left to mourn the loss of her husband and her daughter. And that started. And so not long after that, COVID-19 came along, which had always been, well, was, was, was talked about a little bit, um, being in China. And then it comes and it spreads across the country. You know, it, it spreads across the country. It, it's hitting cities and states and, and, I've heard of other viruses, H1N1, West Nile, Ebola, but it didn't hit it didn't hit close to home with me because I didn't know anybody who had these uh, viruses or even died from these viruses. This one swept through and claimed the lives of a lot of people. A couple people I kind of knew. One was a Facebook friend. He was very young, seemed like he was in shape. And like to say, he used to make videos of him singing karaoke, uh, in karaoke uh, bars. And he posted a Facebook post on a Sunday while he was in the hospital. And it seemed like the, the post was a reflection 
of his life and the things that he had gone through and how he was, who he was to other people. And it was a it, it seemed that it wasn't reciprocated. And he passed away. And what I thought was interesting was as the coronavirus was spreading, he posted, uh, uh, he made a post about his grandmother said, looked in the sky and said, Lord, we're ready. And he said, who do you mean we? You ready? I'm not ready. And it claimed his life. Another person was somebody that I worked with many years ago. He posted one night, pray for me, COVID-19. And within three days, he was gone. So this virus has truly spread. It has truly changed the course of people's lives and probably forever. Because now, you know, the things that some of us were doing, not everybody, but some of us are doing, we have to do it intensely. So we're constantly having to wash our hands, sanitize our hands, wear a mask when we're out in public. So social distancing, you know, put distance in between, distance in between us and other people. Is This is a virus that keeps people from really being affectionate with one another. Those that truly care or, or just, you know, when it comes to your family, I don't care, I'm going to hug you, kiss you, and all that. This is one of those viruses that really keeps people from being affectionate. You can't shake hands with nobody. Um, it's hard to hug people, kiss people, all these things. It's just, it has gone on the entire year. And I said this to somebody that I worked with back in March. I said, this is going to take us through the, through the rest of this year. Because the way it's spreading, you're not going to get a handle on it just like that. And one of the things is they said it takes about a year and a half to get uh, a, um, it takes about a year to have to get uh, a vaccine. And it seems like they're making strides right now, which is a good thing because this is one of those viruses that for me, I keep saying to myself, there's no way to escape this. You're either going to get it or you're not, but I don't think that you won't get it. There's no way to escape it. And fortunately, I have not, and I've come in contact with many people that has had it. Fortunately for me, I never got it. And I hope that it stays that way because it's not a virus that everybody can um, survive. And so that's going on. And in the midst of that going on, you, you got, it's, it's constantly, the media is chuck full of different information regarding the pandemic. And you have to really pay attention to what's going on in the media because some of the things that is being thrown out there is not accurate. It's it's a lot of misinformation in the media. And so you really have to pay attention to those that you trust, meaning that you have to do your own research. Even the president of the United States didn't make sense. And so for me, when it comes to medical issues, if you don't have an MD at the end of your name, for your credentials, medical doctor, I'm not really trying to hear what you're saying. So when it came to like Dr. Fauci, I would listen to him. Uh, the other doctor, I forget her name, Dr. Sanji, Sanji, I would listen to him. And uh, there's another doctor on YouTube. I would listen to him as well. And so what I've come to learn about the coronavirus is that it seemed like as time went on, the more we thought we knew about the virus, the less we actually did know about it because there was always something different coming up. Things that they were telling us to do to protect ourselves, it turned out there was information saying, well, you shouldn't do it. So that was really pissing me off. 
So I said, what I'm going to do is make sure that I keep myself distant from other people and I keep uh, keep my face covered because really droplets and things like that from other people into your stream, your, your body, your bloodstream is what causes you to take on these types of viruses. So I said, what I'm going to do and, and with my children at home, I make sure that I keep them a bottle of sanitizer, a mask and things like that. And when they leave, make sure you have a bag, you carry all this stuff with you. You make sure you're constantly washing your hands. The thing I'm concerned about is when school starts, what's going to happen? Because I think that what should happen is school should be taught from home. And it should be taught from a Zoom standpoint where kids log on to Zoom and the teacher virtually is teaching them. This is what I think should happen. That's the safest way to educate a lot of kids. Now, some kids are not used to that type of learning style. They're used to being in the classroom and listening to the teacher and, and, and that sort of thing. And so this is if this is going to be a new norm, they have to get used to it. Because a lot of kids don't understand what's really going on and, and why it's not safe. You got the movie theaters closed down. You can't go to the movies anymore. You know, a lot of uh, malls are closed down. Grocery stores and stuff where it used to be. It reminds me of when I was a kid in the 80s where stores did not stay open 24-7. And neither the gas stations. They opened up at a certain time. They closed at a certain time. And you had to wait till morning to go and grocery shop or whatever the, whatever it was you wanted to do. These places were not open 24 hours. Just like television. Television did not run 24 hours back then. Television cut off at a certain time. And it cut back on at a certain time. And so right now I feel like that's kind of where we are in a sense. And in, in some ways I'm kind of fine with that. Because I think the 24 hour span created a lot of the obesity issues that we face in this country today where we're almost 50% of Americans are obese. And so I think that a lot of stores being open 24-7, like the, the fast food restaurants, the grocery stores and stuff like that, and people uh, buying things that are really high in fat and calories and salt and sugar, anytime they wanted it, contributed. Just like I, I think that the fast restaurants when they got to the super size and triple size and all these different sizes of meals contributed to that but that's another topic but you know aside from the coronavirus then we have the protesting going on because we have george floyd who was killed by the police by putting his uh knee on, on the on the person's neck and the man's telling him he can't breathe and said this for several minutes before he took his last breath Breonna Taylor, a black woman, police ran to her house and killed her. So now you have, and I love it, you have all these young people out there, they're marching and they're protesting. I believe there's, uh, you got the, again, you have to be careful with the media because the media is showing what's supposed to be pre, uh, peaceful protesting, but a lot of riots are breaking out at these peaceful, peaceful protests, and I do not believe that the riots are caused by those who are peacefully protesting. I believe there's somebody that's triggering the protesting and trying to make it look like the protesting is bad so that they can send in uh, armies of cops or whatever to, to break it up. And that I don't like. But young people have had it. They have had it. They're tired. 
They want answers. They're marching and going everywhere. They don't care. And they're protesting. I love it. I love that they're doing it in droves. I love that it's picking up. Because enough is enough. We have watched on the media for several years now uh, the killings of black men and women. We have, uh, or and, and black boys. We have watched this for years. But this has gone on for decades. Because I remember as a child growing up, uh, seeing and hearing about uh, police killing black people. So this has gone on for years. So I think that we're coming to a head with racism. And I think that we put a bandit on it for years. And so, so much to the, so much to the fact that I think some people are shocked that what's going on is going on. Nobody should be shocked about anything that's going on right now, because this is not new. This has been going on for years. And when you put a bandaid on a wound that is open, the bandaid can only sit on that wound for so long before it, it, it pops out. You have to address that wound. And there is a wound that's called racism. And it has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed in a way that there is results. There is uh, something has to come out of it to the effect that what are we going to do for race relations, what are we going to do for equality issues when it comes to people of color in this country? What are we going to do about that? Because we can't keep going on the way that we're going on. This is not going to work anymore. People of color have come too far and have fought too hard in this country to still be put in a position where we seem to not have any authority or any uh, any any say-so in what goes on in the country. If you look at the three branches of government, the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the uh, judicial branch, they are predominantly ran by white people. They have been so for many, many, many years. And so you think of the laws, a lot of laws that's been created over the years, that's why you have what's called the New Jim Crow, which is a book that I, I'm going to really get into reading because it was a re requirement in one of my uh, social work classes. But a lot of these laws are masked, masked to uh, appear as though they're targeting everybody, but they're really not targeting everybody. They're targeting certain races. So we need to address race head on because things are coming to a head. And enough is enough. And so we need to start talking about what's going on with race relations. We need to figure out how to make this country work for all. And as far as Black Lives Matter goes, there's a lot of controversy on that. There's a lot of people who say, well, all lives matter. Even there are some Black people that say, well, all lives matter. And here's what, here's what I want to say about Black Lives Matter. And, and, and a lot of people have said this. Uh... When somebody says black lives matter, it has nothing to do with other people of other ethnicities, other races and things like that. It has nothing to do with you because at the end of the day, all lives do matter. But at the same time, not all lives are being taken. It's black lives that are being taken by social injustice, police brutality and things of that nature. And that's what you see a lot of. You don't see other races being taken like that. You see blacks. So that's why we're saying Black Lives Matter. 
And we need to do something about the police brutality. Police need to stop being able to kill black folks and get off. Because if a person of color killed a police officer, he would be arrested right then and there. Tried and convicted in no time. But you have some people who are mourning the loss of their family members by police force un uh, un unnecessarily. And the police are still walking free. And so this year, it, it just makes me think, what else is next? Because for a minute, you know, you they, they the coronavirus was there, but then they was talking about West Nile's coming back, H1N1's coming back, uh, killer hornets, all this crazy stuff. And to me, it just sounds like propaganda. It sounds like the media is trying to scare the public. You're not scaring me. Because whatever is meant to be will be. Will be. That is my belief. That has always been my sole belief that whatever is meant to be will be. But I don't want to finish this year on a bad note. I am still on my exercise, uh, wellness, you know, situation. Still trying to get that done. My goal, for, like I said, next year is to uh, trim, uh, shred down and be able to walk into a store and buy clothes that actually fit and not have to order them online and wait two, three, four days to a couple of weeks for them to come. I want to be able to get back to a place where I can jog with no problems. I've noticed that I can talk now without uh, having shortness of breath. I used to talk and you could hear me breathing heavy while I'm talking. And that had a lot to do with the things that I, were, I was eating also. It wasn't just that I wasn't exercising. It was the stuff that I was eating. And so I put a stop to that. So this is my take on uh, 2020 review. This is my ending of this episode. I will come back with something different. I'm also trying to do a podcast with uh, a couple of friends of mine. And, and also I'm working on a new album. I have a couple songs. I have songs on Spotify, iTunes, uh Apple Music, Dieter, I think that's what it's called, YouTube, and so I have an EP out, now I'm working on an album that will probably will probably be out next year, um, I'm a couple songs into it, I'm trying to record at least 10, maybe 12 songs on this next one, so be looking out for that, and I will, I will be back with another episode next week, thank you.